So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Welcome to the David Spizak Show. I am so pleased to be able to kick things off at at the NADA show in Dallas with my first guest, the one and only Alex Vetter, CEO of Cars.com. And Alex, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining. David, what an honor to kick off NADA with you. I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. So Alex, I've got a, can I jump right in? Always. So listen, as as you look around here at the show, I mean, it just seems like it gets bigger and bigger and, and like the industry is continuing to evolve. How do you size up the show this year? Well, I've already walked the whole floor. It's great. First of all, it's great to be in Dallas, not to the fine people of Texas. I wish we could be here every other year because it's a perfect city to host an event like this. A little colder than I would have thought, but, but I love being in the in the in the central states. But look, I've only walked the floor once. It, 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 you've got everybody here in full force. If I had to describe what I'm seeing here today, and I talked with a dealer friend last night, like this place has become a software convention. And, and you're seeing everybody here helping the industry advance to digital. You know, it's, uh, it's such an interesting take, and I could not agree with you more because every single year, and it makes sense, Alex, because what do we see on the consumer front? Right. For all of us that are consumers in our day to day lives, we are completely immersed in digital. Our kids are immersed in digital. The way we shop is in digital. So it makes a lot of sense that we would be going that way. Um, tell me, as, a, as it applies to you at cars.com and your, and your great team over there, what does that mean at cars.com? I know that you did a couple really fantastic acquisitions last year. One was, I believe, Credit IQ and the other one was AccuTrade. So could you talk about what drove those? and what your expectations are in terms of you're adding that to a really tremendous platform uh, at cars.com. Uh, maybe a little bit of a complicated answer, David, but let me start by where we all should start, which, which is with the customer. Um, you know, cars.com, we're, we're really proud. We're celebrating our 25th year this year. Congratulations. Um, I think, so I think this makes it my, my hard to believe. 24th NADA because the first year we were just trying to figure out what the business was going to be. And I got some good stories there about prior NADAs, but you know, the business started as a consumer proposition, which is how do you give the consumer a market wide view? And the business has expanded over two and a half decades, but always innovating on behalf of the user and the customer. And so when you look at what we're doing as a business strategy, all of our M and a activities and all of our, organic innovation center around the, what does the customer want? And then how do we enable the dealer to deliver it? And I think that's a big difference between us and a lot of the software companies here. They, they build software for the dealer and that's great, but if it's not relevant to the user and making the customer experience with that dealer better, it's not in our wheelhouse. I, th- I think another thing that makes you just separate you, differentiate you from uh, everybody else in that, in that lead aggregator, I hate to say that, uh, but you know, the, the, the other companies that are out there, the true cars, the car, the auto traders, the admins, 
is those are all just sheer uh, marketplaces, if you will, but they're really just lead aggregators that, that typically just take leads from the dealer and then they basically hijack them over to their own site only to turn around and sell the dealer's own leads back to them and dilute those by selling them to other dealers. And it seems like not only do you handle that differently, you've been completely dealer centric. I've seen you uh, go up to uh, Capitol Hill to uh, lobby on behalf of dealers, but I've also seen you, seen you over the last 24 years build a company that's, that's not a lead aggregator. It's, it's what I would consider, speaking of technology and innovation, a, a full comprehensive platform. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll borrow a, a learning that I picked up from Bill Gates, which if you read about Bill Gates, he'll talk about the difference between an aggregator and a platform. And his fundamental difference is an aggregator is somebody who takes somebody else's information and uses it for their selfish gain. And a platform is more focused on enabling the profitability of the participants. And, and we are the latter and we're the only one that are the latter. So what does that mean in terms of execution? Well, we actually promote the dealer as the hero in the experience where most of our peers will, will position the dealer as the adversary that they, that you have to use their service to extract something from the dealer, like a great deal. And we just feel that's a low brow tactic or a gimmick. And, and what we do is say, look, let the consumer curate the market. Now, you know, David, as much as I appreciate you saying like we're dealer centric, if a user has a bad experience at a dealership on cars.com, they can sound off and flag that dealership as a one star experience. And, and it, it will hurt them in the organic ranking on our website. So we don't, we don't penalize the dealer, but the user experience does. And I think if there's a theme for this show that we're trying to get across is that we know this industry is going to uh, not enjoy the same profitability that we have over the last few years. And we have all these emerging threats from OEMs trying to go direct to consumer. And there's people questioning the viability of the dealer. Well, this is a year that the industry has got to focus on elevating the experience. They've got to focus on improving what it means to, to work with your local dealership in sales, service, and ownership. And we've got the tools to help them do that. You know, I had the opportunity to uh, spend some time with Inga Maurer uh, yesterday evening, um, who, as you know, is a senior partner at McKinsey. She's absolutely broiling to well. Uh, yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, they did a, a, a white paper, research paper uh, commentary a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, that speaks to what you're talking about. And they were talking about that we've, we've reached the point where the client experience, frankly, trumps the features of the car uh, in, in their estimation. And, and I believe they're spot on. I believe that the client experience ultimately is going to dictate where that customer chooses to do business. And the second thing that was interesting is a Forbes article, Alex, that they were asking a variety of, of people, multiple, gen, multiple generations, uh, including uh, Gen Z, would you pay more for a superior experience? And interestingly, they found on balance that people would pay 10% more for a superior client experience, to your point. More interesting is so with the millennials and the Gen Zs. A lot of people would think that they don't care as much about that. It was purely transactional. So, so I, I believe that you guys are spot on as always. You know, well, but by the way, on, on that point, I'll just say that, you know, cars are becoming like software as well, which is if you actually look at most enterprise software, only 10 to 15% of its 
utility is being consumed every day. I mean, if you just think about picture like you sitting in front of a Word document or an Excel file, the number of features and functions in that piece of software are astronomical. Like, but the average user uses a fraction of its utility. And, and I think that's similar to the way cars are being built today. The technology in automobiles today is absolutely breathtaking, but the actual user is only operating with a, with a small percentage of that. And so absolutely the experience matters. The brand matters. These are attributes that we've gotten a little bit away from, but more and more from our consumer research, the identity of the, the brand and the, and, the, and, the, and the retailer that they do business with is very important to the customer. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, again, we've been seeing that as we go, we've gone through this very unusual time for the last two and a half years. And there's been countless articles about the experience. Um, and I say this all the time to dealers, while it's been the last two and a half years have been absolutely spectacular, the best time ever from a profitability perspective, business perspective. But if you're a shopper, it's actually been the hardest two and a half years to interact with a dealer, just to do shirts for a vehicle. And so can we, can we move over to your marketplace? Because one of the things that also seems very different is your marketplace, I, I believe has around two and a half million people visiting active shoppers every month. And the difference is all hundred percent are actually in the market. So could you talk to me about that? Well, I, I rarely can never correct you, David, but it, we have about 25 million people every oh, month. I still be delighted. 25 million people every month shopping for vehicles. But I'll tell you what, what we saw during COVID and beyond was that marketplaces served in a really important role for dealers and OEMs because consumers were able to search beyond their core market. And that's one of the benefits of a marketplace, respectfully, is that Yes, they love working with the local dealership, but when they begin the search process, they want to see, in some cases, nationwide view of very specific terms, features, and, and options that are available to them. And so we saw during COVID and then particularly beyond, consumer search radiuses works bloating in distance because of limited supply. So rather than searching in a 30 mile radius of my home for a Toyota, we saw people now looking 150 to 200 miles and then working with the dealer to arrange delivery or even meeting at a halfway point. And so marketplaces have proven very valuable in that regard. I think it's the same benefit for the dealership. Inventory is unique. It, it is, it, um, as much as people want to you know, view vehicles as commodities by brand, they're very distinct, particularly on the used car side with their mileage and, and and conditions and so what we've learned is that you know the dealer's the hero but the car is the star yeah by the way i i'm from portland oregon and with all the all that sound back here it's like i feel like all the shenanigans that we had in portland for for months has kind of shown up here in dallas so you know a couple things that, that i would like to touch on with respect to what you just brought up because that's shifting now Last year, we had a little over a million vehicles industry-wide in inventory. Um, in January of this year, 1.8 million, 80% increase. We have about 40% of the brands at a 60-day supplier grader. So all of a sudden, you know, things are about to shift in a major way. But the other side of it is on the used car side. 
as we know, because we had this huge decrease in availability and knew that that created uh, a, a big shortage, shortfall on used car inventory. That's shifting as well. And the used car market seems to have transformed literally in the last uh, 180 days, and it continues to do so. What can cars.com do for me as a dealer to help me with respect to this? All of a sudden, I'm getting twice as many cars. I've got to get my sales rate up fast, or I'm at my day supply is going to creep up. By the way, my floor plan through the roof. And then on the used car side, what can cars.com do for me as a dealer? Well, look, I need no, um, a few things, David. Number one, we know that matching buyers to actual inventory is the most important thing to do because it's the most efficient marketing. The notion of just trying to aggregate people to bring them on down and then trying to find them a car is tough because of the limited supply opportunities. So our marketplace, I don't know if people know this, but there's no marketplace that's been growing faster than cars over the last 12 months. Despite being in the business 25 years, look at the nail, right? They need the, the traffic levels on cars.com continue to rise with number one in traffic. We have been consistently throughout this year. But we can also amplify that that market bustle and get more traffic and exposure on those dealerships or on those listings. One of the things that we've learned over the last few years is that when you can add a first party high intention signal like cars.com to any marketing or advertising, you tend to see a 4X. And what I mean by that, a 4X is that by pre-qualifying your, your marketing and advertising campaigns to people that have declared intent to, to buy a car, you're, you're, you're weeding out the people that are shopping for other things, doing other activities online and trying to convince them to come into the market, but you're actually reaching people that have already entered the funnel. And so we tend to see about a 4X amplification of using our first party data in any marketing vehicle, be that television, radio, um, display. And with our fuel business, that's how we amplify dealer results. We can pinpoint the target. I think the other thing that we can help people do is that, you know, completing the trade-in process and the financing online is so important um, because consumers have a version about before I buy a car, will I get a good deal for my current one? And that's where things like AccuTrade and Credit IQ come in where we can help people do more of the process online and help dealerships run more efficiently. I mean, look, let's face it, David, dealers need to prepare today for a profitability that looks more like it was three years ago, four years ago. Um, the imbalance that we've experienced in the last few years is, is going away. And so dealers that are gonna adopt and shift towards more technology-driven models versus relying on expensive human capital are going to outform repair. That's actually a, a, a huge point. Uh, dealers are looking for a way to increase their performance without increasing their expenses, without adding staffing. You know, if you go back to 2008, the beginning of the, that, that, that big recession, we had an average of 56 employees per store. 10 years later, after uh, technology was supposed to make us more productive and more efficient, we had 70 employees in each store. And one of the things the pandemic did it, is it actually gave dealers opportunity to kind of rethink and reassess. Many dealers actually reduced their staffing. Many of them learned that they could do more with less. And uh, Twitter is a great example whether people think uh, Elon is doing the right thing or not. The reality is they have 75% less staff. And the last time I looked, you could still tweet. 
right? The business of the business is still happening. So I love that you're bringing that up because I really believe that one of the things that dealers will be looking for are solutions that improve workflow, make a customer experience better, allow me to take out costs, allow me to be more efficient, and of course, let me sell more cars. And talking about, you brought up AccuTrade. Um, what have you learned from the acquisition of AccuTrade? Because you must have tremendous data. I know Bob Holland said, I don't think anybody in America wholesales more cars or does more in the wholesale market than Bob. And clearly he learned a lot, developed a spectacular platform. You've been able to acquire that platform. What have you learned? Well, look, Bob's an incredible human being. And, and every great business, they say David has a secret. And, I, and Bob's got a few secrets. But, but what I love about him is that he wanted to give his gift back to his customers. When I sat down with Bob and talked about where the industry was headed, he's been buying cars profitably at scale on the wholesale market better than anybody for decades. And the tool that he had built to do that was AccuTrade. And, and Bob and I talked about releasing that same power to the dealer community. And, these, and the dealers, are, as you know, are, are Bob's best friends. And what a noble gesture for him to say, Let, let's give the power back to the participants of this industry. He literally built that for himself. That's right. And, and rather than watching dealers continue to ship all their money to these larger you know, platforms that, that charge the dealer an arm and a leg to, to trade vehicles, Bob is enabling dealers to buy cars themselves at scale. And what we're learning in terms of what we're seeing dealers who are using the technology do, they're taking the customer experience from 45 minutes to get their car appraised to the dealership to under four minutes. You know, it's funny you say that because I was uh, uh, with a couple of great dealers, Leon Johnny and Teddy Maldonado, um, yesterday evening as well. And Teddy was saying that he at, at some point he had to wait so long for an appraisal, sometimes up to an hour, that he ended up taking the cars and, and having CarMax when he was in Florida, selling them to the CarMax dealer just so that he could finish his deal faster. So I just want to make sure we don't gloss over that. To, to take for any dealer out there, and I, and I remember in my stores, you know, you had to wait, especially on a Saturday, for a used car manager who appraised the car 30, 45 minutes for an hour. Now you're saying I could do it in under five minutes. Well, not only that, you can, you can cut the time down dramatically. And I think dealers have got to think about what is the customer experience? What are they looking for? And it is speed, transparency, and convenience. So when you think about shortening the cycle time to be able to give them a real number on their car down to minutes, that's huge. But there's also the operating benefits, David, that you're mentioning. You no longer need to employ a high-priced expert to be your scientist to tell you what the car is worth. You're able to plug in a piece of technology into the, the dashboard of a car and spit out a very accurate actual number in seconds. So we're seeing dealerships now have clerks that are paid $80,000 a year, handle all their appraisals through AccuTrade using the science of AccuTrade to guarantee the vehicle's price and value and not rely on a specialist. And so dealerships can afford to run their business more efficiently from a payroll standpoint as well. Because really at that point, all they need somebody who is personable, communicates well, professional, right? Likeable. Not only that, you remove the friction. Today, what happens across all over America is the dealer says, here's our number. And then the customer says, that's not my number. And then it, it introduces not only this 
this conflict and this friction between the deal. But what the dealers are using AccuTrade is saying, look, we're plugging this technology into your car. It's doing a real-time diagnostic of the health of the vehicle, not the history of the vehicle, but the health of it. And then we show the customer the index of the price of the car and what it's worth. And by giving the consumer that data in a trusted, transparent, data-driven way, objectable, it now positions the dealer as being trustworthy and transparent. And therefore, the consumer doesn't walk away doubting the dealer, but sees the data and why the car is priced the way it is down to specific reasons. And so we're eliminating uh, the reputational challenges that dealers are facing with trust by using data. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to spend some time with Brian Kramer, who, by the way, was a absolutely brilliant uh, acquisition. Uh, she acquired a couple of platforms. He, he, he's a practitioner, right? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to preach theory. I want to show people that this this works in the wild. This is actually tangible technology that's running operations today. And I love that he lives in dealerships, no different than he did in his own store at Germain. So. Uh, listen, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, uh, to have you. I really appreciate you taking the time to join. It's a great way to kick off uh, this morning, this Friday morning. I hope everybody has a spectacular show. If you're not here, obviously take the time to check out the NADA site, the people that were here as far as exhibitors, and all the great innovation, as you said, Alex, that's going on. Yeah. And not only that, David, but being our 25th year in the business, we wanted to give back. So we're actually hosting an appreciation party for all our customers tonight at the Rustic. We've hired an invitation. We've got an invitation. You're on, you're on my list. We've, we've hired a country music star, Dustin Lynch. She's going to come in and play live for all our customers as a, as a way to say thank you for 25 great years, and we look forward to forging the next quarter of a decade. Well, listen, I wish you and your entire team a, a great weekend, great results, and a great year, especially in your 25th year. I, I'm super honored to have you here to help kick off um, the interviews for this weekend and look forward to seeing you soon. David, thanks for all you do. Yeah, thank you as well. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens.